Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Pretty good. Won't you stand with me? Welcome all of you watching online. It's going to be a great day. And uh, sometimes people measure a great day by the events around us. But it's a great day because of the God within us. So regardless of what's going on around us, we know that we have a great God in us that's the great I am. And nothing is too difficult for Him. And those of you who have been fighting a really great fight, you're tired, you're exhausted, Uh, The media is killing you. I got good news for you. The lover of life, Jesus himself, is inside us. And we don't have to give in to to the doubt, the fear, the unbelief, and all of that. I want to encourage you today. Let's stay strong. Keep our faith. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. And I boldly confess... My mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Uh, We're doing a series on time, and I believe it's very, very important time to do a series on time. Uh, A lot of people have been given more time uh, than they've experienced in many, many years uh, due to furloughs, layoffs, and all of those things. As a result of that, we've had to recalibrate uh, our use of time, how we choose to use it. And uh, sometimes it's just like uh, more money than you're ever used to. Sometimes you don't know what to do with it. And before you know it, it's gone and you wish you would have sat down and determined uh, how you wanted to use it in the most productive way. Time is, is not that much different than money. There's a certain amount of it that we possess and how we use it determines how long we possess it, what it does for us, how valuable it is. And so I want to encourage us to think through time. I was uh, doing my, my devos this morning, and not just do I prepare for the sermon, but I try to get up and just spend time with God. And uh, on my daily devo on August the 2nd, which is today, this is what it said, which is kind of ironic or providential, however you want to look at it. It says, Bring me the sacrifice of your time, a most precious commodity. In this action-addicted world, few of my children take time to sit quietly in my presence. But for those who do, blessings flow like streams of living water. I, the one, this is God speaking to us, if you will, who from whom all blessings flow, am also blessed by our time together. This is a deep mystery. Do not try to fathom it. Instead, glorify me by delighting in me. Enjoy me now and forever. So much of our time is consumed by trying to figure out uh, what's coming next or when things are going to turn around. And, And a lot of people are frantic and understandable that it is a time where our human nature, our natural man, begins to ponder what might be before us. And there's nothing wrong with planning, and there's nothing wrong with looking into the future. 
where it becomes wrong is when we start living there instead of living here. And so today is a very, very important day for all of us. Why? Because it's the last and only day we'll ever have, August 2nd, 2020. It's never going to happen again. So what we utilize today in way of time will produce fruit in the future or not produce fruit. One farmer goes out and sows seed, cultivates and waters, and eventually over time that farmer will see a harvest. Another person sits around and says, well, I've been told the ground is bad and it's not a good season for planting, so I think I'll just wait. And that happens time and again and they end up with nothing. It's time for us to take the time that we have to be productive and fruitful. In Ephesians 5, 16, it says, live life then with a due sense of responsibility. We are responsible for today. There will always be people who are mean, doubting, angry, critical. There will always be people around us like that. And that's okay. I mean, God's called us to love one another regardless. But God has not called us to invite negativity, fear, and unbelief into our lives. He's called us to be strong. And each of us have a different spin or perspective. That's okay. Respect other people's perspective. You can even respect their opinion, even if you disagree with it. It's not your job to fix them. It's your job to love them. And so our job is to always love one another. And I think one of the greatest uh, problems we're having in our society today is that with the strength of COVID, people are being strengthened in what they believe to say things that they might not ordinarily say simply out of stress, making decisions out of stress. Never let stress be your decision maker. Never let doubt and fear be your decision maker. You have to stand strong in what you believe. During the time of Moses in the wilderness and leading the people out of Egypt, there were all kinds of opinions. There were people who verbalized those opinions uh, on one side and others who verbalized them on the other side. And I tell you, the people that went into the promised land were the ones that believed what God believed and said what God said. And so before you make decisions of any type, I want to ask you to do one thing with your time, is to spend time waiting on the Lord to give direction. If you make a decision based on emotions, you will have to live an emotional life and emotion, out of that emotional decision. So I've always been of the opinion that, that God has to lead me to a decision. Whenever there are people around you saying what you should do and should not do, it's okay for them to say that, but at the end of the day, it's your responsibility and mine to follow the way of God, not the way of their opinion. Even though their opinion might sound good, God calls people to certain people. How many of you know even bitter people need friends? Now, when I say need friends, you don't, they don't need someone to come along and agree with them and be bitter with them. They need someone to come alongside them to make them better. And by that, I mean when somebody gets negative, don't be negative with them. When they talk in bitter ways, don't talk bitter back. It's very simple, but we often feel compelled to validate uh, someone's opinion that is unfounded or not true. I would never validate an opinion that I don't agree with. I might validate the person. Well, I'm sorry you feel that way. I understand how you might feel that way, but I'm not going to say, yeah, I get it. I, I'm the same way. 
I'm just simply going to say, you know, I'm sorry you feel that way. must be a miserable way to live. I'm so sorry. And you have to stand your ground. So I talked about the first week using time uh, or premeditated time. This is time that you, that you allocate for things that you absolutely know you have to do. You know, there, there are things that we should do. And when I say have to do, not everybody does them. But I believe uh, based on uh, science and technology and all of those things, these are things we need to do. We need to sleep well. And, and that's, that's something that you, you and I can control. Now, some people stay up too late, get up too early. And when I say that, I'm not saying that from the platform of opinion. I'm saying it from the platform of science that your body needs rest. And so you need to make sure that you allocate the right amount of time to get the rest you need to live a healthy life. Amen? Thank very little. Anyway, so it's important that you get the rest. It's important that you look at what you're eating and say, you know, I need to eat right. I need to stay healthy. Now, when I say you need to, it's your choice. It's your call. Uh, we can't determine how long we're going to live. We all know that. And I'm okay with that. I, I, I'm fine with that because to be absent from the body, the Bible says, is to be present with God. So how can I get mad if I go from this life to the next? I don't have an O-N-G bill, an O-G-N-E bill. I don't have a mortgage payment. I don't have doctor's bills. Anymore. I have nothing that I have to worry about. So there's a no-lose uh, arrangement with God when it comes to putting our faith in Him. But we need to make sure that the basics that are prescribed to us to live a healthy life, that we're using time in a way that produces that. Second thing that people use time for is they use time, uh, it, it's what I call wasted time. And wasted time is time being used without thinking through why you're using the time. In other words, I'm just going to get up tomorrow and, and when I get up tomorrow, I'm just going to kind of just kind of see what happens. No, if you're just waiting to see what happens, I promise you the devil is a deceiver and a liar and a seducer, and he will pull you into things that you're not called to be into. That's what I call wasting time. Time spent without purpose, time spent without reason, time spent without any thought of what you're going to produce, and that's what I call designer living versus default living. Oftentimes, we find ourselves just getting caught in the trap of, of doing what we've always done the way we've always done it. There are a few checkpoints here that I would, I would like to state. Number one, I challenge people sometimes to, you're using time in the same way. But for instance, if you just get up tomorrow and you say, I'm going to take a different route to work. Now, if you're an A-type personality, that freaks you out right now. You've been driving the same way to work. Why? Because, you know, it's the closest, it's the easiest, and that's just the way you've always done it. What would happen if you said, well, you know, it's going to take me, you know, you got the maps, Google Maps and all that, and it says, you know, the, the closest, the fastest, the best, you know, you got all these different routes that you get to pick. And sometimes we, we take one route just because it trims off two minutes, but in reality, maybe sometimes you just need to think about how you're going to use your time. What if you're listening to an audio book or something, you say, you know, I really want to use my time on my way to work uh, to, to gain some knowledge. I'm always looking at trying not to waste time. And that, that works for different people in different ways. Number one, I know that if I'm working out and I'm listening to worship, 
The Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people, so I can't miss when I'm listening to worship songs. There's nothing wrong with secular tunes. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm telling you, I don't think God inhabits Creedence Clearwater Revival, even though it's got revival at the end of it. I just think that's good music and it's okay, but I don't feel God in it. When I start singing songs or listening to songs that are giving glory to God, I feel the presence of God. No criticism if you don't, and I'm not being judgmental. I'm just saying I've had to decide how I want to use my time because sometimes you can't listen to worship music. You're out shopping. You're out doing something. You're riding your motorcycle. You don't have music on, and you, you, now you're thinking. But instead, use your time. Don't waste your time. Wasted time is simply this. It's not evil. It's not vile. It's simply time that cannot be measured or be productive. Now, I don't know about you, but... The older I get, the more I want to be productive with my time. You say, well, you know, what if I like to fish? Well, you know what? If that brings solace to your soul, that's productive time. That's not wasted time. Now, chasing a little white ball around 18 holes used to be my thing. I used to get a lot out of it. I don't play much anymore. Things shift. Seasons change. And, and I guess what I'd like to say here is be aware of the seasons as you are aware of time. Because there is a time and a season for everything under the sun. And there are times that change. When you start having children, you know, when you're, you're a young couple, it's just the two of you. You can get up every day. You got all this time. Do what you want. Then you have a kid. Your life as you've known it is completely over. All of a sudden, your decision making, how you use your time. Now you got to rest when the baby's resting because you know when they get up, you got to be up and you got to be ready. So now all of a sudden time shifts. And a lot of people are not flexible enough to shift their life and, and do what needs to happen during that season. So I want to challenge you, be aware of the seasons. Number three, I talked about borrowed time. You can borrow from another category. As I said uh, a couple of weeks ago, if you are someone that says, you know, well, I, I usually do this on Saturday. Uh, it's something I enjoy doing, but I need to use that, that time for something else. So you basically borrow time from another budget area. As I said, if you, you're looking to buy a new car and you go out to eat a lot and say you spend several hundred dollars a month going out to eat, whatever it might be, and you say, you know what, we're going to stop that and we're going to put that money toward buying a car. We're going to save it. And then once that season's over, you got the car, it's paid for, you go back to what you were doing. Borrowed time. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, when I say that, let me interject something here. You have to ask yourself, what's important to my spirit? What's important to my soul, mind, will, and emotions? And what's important to my body? The three categories, if I could give you, uh, to start with, a, a time budget is first look at your spirit. What am I doing using my time for my spirit man? Are you feeding your spirit at all? If you didn't feed your body, you would wither up and die. If you don't feed your spirit, you will be dwarfed in your spirit man. You will not be strong whenever temptation comes. The demonic will overtake you. You have to keep your spirit strong. And I'm not talking about religious Bible reading. I'm not talking about hours with God. I'm simply asking this one question, and please think about this question. Are you spending any time alone with God? No judgment, no condemnation. I'm simply saying that time with God is the most productive time 
that you will ever, ever have. You don't borrow time. Some people say, well, are we going to church? Well, to me, that's a wrong question. When are we going to church is the right question because church and your spirit man are a priority. In a world that is so self-consumed and so self-centered and so caught up in what we possess, we have forgotten who possesses us and that God is called to be our all in all. I don't have to have a lot of time. Uh, You know, it depends on the day, the season, but I do make time for God every day. I, my spirit man would be dwarfed and weak if I didn't. And even times, I feel weak. There are times when I spend time with God, it's like I need more of God. I'm famished, I'm thirsty, I'm hungry. But this, this, this thing that we're talking about, this series on time, very important that you, you ask yourself, what am I doing to strengthen my spirit man. Secondly, what am I doing to help my soul? Because some people say, well, I'm going to borrow a little time. You don't borrow time to be with God. You schedule time to be with God. Now, again, doesn't mean you don't get to go to heaven. Doesn't mean you're not a Christian. Doesn't mean you don't love God. Doesn't mean you're not saved. But let me say this again and again and again. Getting to heaven is very simple, really. The Bible says, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So wouldn't you all agree that getting to heaven really is less about us and more about him? Now, on the other hand, getting heaven to earth is more about us than it is about getting to him. It's about getting him to us. And please don't misunderstand this. This is a challenging message because we only have 24 hours a day, and that's never going to change. It's not like, God, give me more, more day. I mean, when... Joshua said, ask the sun to stand still. It was for a very productive reason, even though it was the earth standing still, because we orbit around the sun, not the other way around. But God created a moment for him because he was going to utilize the time to come against the enemy. So God will honor time that is dedicated to him. In fact, I believe when we invest time or spend time with God, Uh, I believe that God actually takes the hours and doesn't expand the time but puts more into that time and gives us more strength in that time and maybe a quicker way to think if we'll use that time wisely. So I challenge us to make sure that we do that. Listen, have a healthy fear, and face God and whatever you're facing. If God's facing it with you, trust me, it's going to be it's going to be grand. Killing time. Have you ever heard someone say, well, we're just killing time? Can I tell you something? Time cannot be resurrected. When you kill it, it's dead. It's gone. So when you kill time, this is probably one of those things I would say, make sure that you don't ever kill time because you never get it back. And so I try to think through every day, and when I say I, I'm only reflecting on how I'm trying to live my life, is how I use my time. What's, it, what's happening? I mean, I'm just telling you, if you fish, you golf, those are great ways. That's not killing time. That may be replenishing your soul, walking in the woods, hiking. All of those things can be made really glorifying to God and holy to God, because those things do. Uh, fill time in us and fill a, a spot in us that needs to be filled. 
And so please don't ever think that the time that you're, you know, because sometimes a spouse will get irritated and say, well, you're just wasting your time out there. You're just killing time. No, no. This is what replenishes me. Uh, some people see what you do as foolish. Some people may see what I do as foolish. One of the things I love to do more than anything is ride my motorcycle. And some people say, well, that's dangerous. Come on, man. Getting up every day is dangerous. Driving to work, your commute is dangerous. Anything we do has danger involved. You're going to die sometime. Everybody's going to die sometime. We're all going to die sometime. And, and at least most of the time, we get to choose how we die, not all the time. Now, I think it's important during this time for all of us to recognize, again, that everybody gets to choose. That's what we call freedom. And so I would advise us to adjust as we need to. We did, uh, during our time uh, of this in March and April, uh, Susan and I, I mean, because we're both A-type. I, I can't sit on my hands. I can't sit still very long. i got to think of something to do. So what we did, we just created things to do. <laughs> you know, I mean, some of you might have seen the picture. I mean, I, I was vacuuming the patio. Somebody said, hey, well, it's just a siding, you know, I'm vacuuming. It's dirty, right? I mean, you couldn't see it, but you felt it dirty. I said, I'm going to do something. Otherwise, I'm just sitting around, and when you sit around, I don't know how many of you had a mother that said, idle time is the devil's workshop. You ever remember that? Idle time is the devil's workshop. And an idle mind is the devil's workshop. So whenever we're just idling along, we're carried by whatever current of emotion that comes our way. And so I, I would advise us strongly not to kill time. Uh, one person says you cannot kill time without doing injury to eternity. What can you do during the time that you're killing that would have an effect on eternity? Think about helping somebody else. Think about praying for somebody else. Think about encouraging somebody else. You never have to kill time. Well, you know, my, I'm waiting on my wife. She's shopping, and, you know, you're sitting in the car, and you're, you're sitting there, and with every moment, you're getting angry that she's not there. Well, nowadays, I guess I ought to say some women are sitting around and waiting on their metro husband to get it done shopping. Either way, what could you do during that time that would bear fruit? You say, man, I just need some downtime. That's good. Downtime is good. What do, you want, what do you want to come to you out of that downtime? You want your soul to be replenished? So let's talk about the soul a moment, the mind. What are you doing to educate your mind? People who don't read, people who don't listen to audiobook, people who don't research are afraid to have a conversation because they've not filled their mind with anything new. If you're reading, if you're listening, if you're thinking, you are doing something productive that will allow you to mature and grow in the way you think. If you're thinking today the way you thought 30 years ago, there's been no growth. I had a very established theology out of college. My undergraduate degree was theology, psychology, and I was pretty set. And then I started experiencing pastoring and real life experiences, and I went, oh, there wasn't a textbook for this. <laughs> there, there was never a subject that was taught on this. And so I had to navigate my way through going, I was never taught how to handle this. 
Nobody taught me how to handle a pandemic. Nobody taught me how to handle riots and protests. Nobody taught me how to handle coups in foreign countries. Nobody taught me that. So what I'm saying is this. I have to use my time studying and researching and trying to figure out what to do. Now, with that said, and I'm going to tread lightly on this, but during this time, uh, there are strong uh, thoughts on both sides of this pandemic. Uh, they're very strong thoughts. And, and the thing that concerns me is not the strong thoughts, but how we approach others that think differently than we do. If you're very secure in what you believe, not dogmatic, but very secure, and you're okay with it, then you don't have to argue with anybody. You really don't. You can listen, smile, and you can respect what they say or what they believe. It doesn't mean you have to believe it. It doesn't mean you have to argue. But uh, it, it does mean that if you're not careful and you are, you're, you're just listening around and you really don't have a firm grasp on anything, number one, you'll get mad, or number two, you'll be carried away by an opinion that, that really you haven't researched well. And so it's very important that we make time uh, to research and to do what we need to do to be able to have a conversation without getting angry. I had a conversation last week with a doctor's wife, just happened to run into her, don't know her very well, uh, but we've been neighbors, and, and so uh, I just had an opportunity to chat and come to find out there couldn't be anybody more opposite than me. <laughs> I was actually really shocked because it, it took me just a minute. I had to catch myself because I, I, I you know, was having this conversation. And, and, you know, it went really, really well. I, I, I found myself as she's talking going, in my mind, not out loud, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Have any of you ever had that thought while you're talking to someone? That is the, but I kept smiling. And my mind's going, that's so stupid. Now, I wasn't judging her. I just thought, I can't, I, I, everything she's saying, I, 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 at one point I said, could you please help me understand uh, what you mean by this certain thing? <laughs> and she tried really hard. And I said, well, I have a question for you. And I asked her the question about what she just said. She said, well, I never thought about that. And I'm not going to tell you what it is because I'll irritate both sides. All I was saying is we oftentimes buy into something without taking the time to research it and, and appraise its value to us. Some people will say, well, I think it's dumb for you to get up at 930 spend your time going to worship a God you can't see. And your mind goes... That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But you don't say it. Because what they don't realize is giving time to God is the greatest investment of time you'll ever give. Now, I, I, you say, well, you're a preacher. You naturally say that. No, I'm saying before I was a preacher, I actually enjoyed my time with God more before I was a preacher than I do now. Because now I have to get up and share everything with you. Before, I could just sit there and enjoy it myself. And now I have to somehow present it to you in a way that you kind of go, well, maybe he could be right. That's all I'm asking for. I'm not asking you to say he's right. Just maybe he could be right. What would happen? So I'm going to challenge you. Tomorrow morning, get up and listen to this very carefully. And you can even set your alarm. Give five minutes to God. 
you can sit and be quiet. You can read a one-minute devotional. You can listen to a worship song, probably one. That's about all you're going to get. Five minutes. And see, when I say that, if you would have told me this prior to me being saved, I would have said, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in my life. Why would I give any time to God? I'm busy. I work 10 hours a day. I got this to do. I got that to do. Without any thought, I would have thought that was dumb. And then I started studying and researching, and I went, well, maybe this could work. And Jesus actually asked his disciples, could you not tarry with me for one hour? Just one hour. He's saying, out of 24, could you give me one? And now I know in our day of technology, we have the opportunity uh, throughout the day to maybe give more than an hour, five minutes in the morning, take a little 10 minutes at lunch. And, you know, God's not all caught up. He's not all caught up in, in the actual one hour. Matter of fact, I believe God's more interested in us thinking about him 24 hours a day with every decision we make, just giving thought to it. God, what do you think about that? I used to be really legalistic, man. I was hung up 5 to 6 a.m. I'm in prayer every morning. Well, I was in prayer for 25 minutes. I drooled and slept for the next 35. And then I'd wake up and go, thank you, Jesus. Okay, you know, thinking, how long did I sleep? And uh, so it's not about getting caught up in the legalistic side. So don't kill time. Secondly, or last, not lastly, but the next point is find time. If you're going to find time, you're going to have to look for time. Now, when I say find time, please understand, when I talked about preparing time and having a schedule and a budget of time, that's really critical. But what happens when you have a doctor's appointment you didn't plan on? What happens when you have a dentist appointment? What happens when you have a wedding or a funeral? You have to find time. Why? Because we don't plan on going to the doctor, most of us, every month. You don't plan on going every week. That's not your plan. Now, if it is, if you have a situation where you're in rehabilitation or something, you go, yeah, I can put that on my schedule. But if you get sick and you go, well, I'm not feeling well, I have symptoms or whatever, you have to find time. That means you're going to have to look in your schedule and go, okay, I guess I'm not going to be able to fish, golf, ride the motorcycle, whatever it might be. I'm going to have to find time. So you find time in, in areas that are maybe in your mind and maybe, you know, maybe it's something else, but uh, that is less productive. So for me, I could give up a motorcycle ride, and as much as I love it, to go to a wedding, go to a funeral, go to the doctor, whatever. So that's when I talk about finding time. And, and many times, uh, we're killing time instead of using it to find time to do something that would be productive in our lives. So it means that we should always be prepared to shift and find times, and then making time. So finding time is short-term. Making time is long-term. It means I'm now going to take some portion of time that I have used on something else, and I'm going to make it work in another area. As I told you in weeks past, I loved to golf. And when I had three friends that I golfed with all the time, we talked about church, God, family, all these things. But when they started moving away, I went, I'm not enjoying this the way I did. So I'm going to make, I'm going to take that time and make it useful somewhere else. Sometimes we get stuck in, in things in our lives and we just, it becomes a routine turns into a rut. And before you know it, we're just doing what we've done without any explanation. Young couple got married and his wife would make this meatloaf. And he noticed that every time she made the meatloaf that she would cut the ends off before she put it in the pan. 
And he watched this when they were newlyweds. He watched it for a period of time. And finally one day he goes, I, I just got to ask you a question. Why do you always cut the ends off? She goes, because my mother did. And she's the one that taught me to cook. So the husband let that rest for a while. Finally, the next time she did it, he thought, I'm going to call her mother and ask what's up. So he called her mother and he said, Mom, uh, your daughter, every time she makes this particular dish, she cuts the ends off the meatloaf and she puts it in the pan. And she goes, I asked her why she did it. And she said, well, Mom always did it. So he said, I want to know why you did it. She said, well, my pan was too small. So sometimes we just, we just keep doing things because that's the way somebody's done it. We watched our parents do it that way without ever giving any thought to say, I'm going to make some time to figure out why we do what we do. Make time in your life to produce more in your life. So I'm taking a step back. That step back which looks like you're going backwards, maybe the things that takes you three steps forward because you said, I'm going to make time for doing this. I'm going to make time spiritually. I'm going to make time mentally, emotionally. I'm going to make time. So ask yourself, is what I'm doing a priority? Is it purposeful? Is it productive? A lot of people hate it when you talk about money, managing money and managing time. Because both will require us on a regular basis to sit down and ask ourselves these questions. It's not just a one-time deal. It doesn't work now and forever. Seasons change. When I had five children, I had very little time. It was investing in them and making time for them and making sure their life. And when they, when they grew up and they all moved out, I don't have to do that that much anymore. And so I had to sit down again and do a brand new budget of time, if you will, in order to stay productive. And let me say this. Most people are a slave to the urgent, not the important. When people call you and say, I got to have you right now. I need you right now. And they're all emotional. They're going on. Stop and ask the question, is this important or is it urgent? It may be urgent to them doesn't mean it's urgent to you. I ask questions in the midst of emergent or what appears to be the urgent. I will ask people the question. Well, you know, is it, is it, does it have to happen right now? Well, well, no. You know, they'll often back now. So, okay, let's schedule a time. Let's make time for that. But emotions that are escalating often turn into actions that are unnecessary. And you say, well, it's, it's important to them, or, you know, but, but it may not be to me. And so, you know, I, when I was a young minister, and I've told you this story before, but it stuck with me, and I never had to write it down, Pastor E.V. Hill out of California. Uh, it, I know it sounds radical, but I guess I needed to hear it this way because I'm a young minister, and I'm telling you, if somebody called me in the middle of the night with a cough, you know, or whatever, you know, pastor, this is going on, pray for us. You know, I, I was there, man. I'd be up at 2 a.m., I'd be at somebody's house, and I was doing all this stuff, you know, and, and I was the fix-it guy. And I hear him in this conference. He, pastor Evie Hill was African-American man, and it was one of the funnest next to T.D. Jakes I've ever heard. 
And he said, uh, one night I got a call from a parishioner. And he, he said, they called me and they said, my mama has died. And I'll never forget his response. He said, well, call me in the morning. She's going to be just as dead then as she is right now. It landed on me kind of bizarre at first, and I went, he's right. <laughs> what, do you, what can I do tonight that I can't do tomorrow? It's important that we honor and memorialize Mama, but we're not going to bring her back to life. And my presence is not going to do for you what the presence of God will do for you. I'll pray for you on the phone. I'm going back to sleep. You say, well, that sounds callous. And it does to people who have allowed other people to schedule their time for them. There's not one person in this room that will let their kids tell them how to spend their money. And if you do, you need counseling. So why do we let people budget our time? If we're not letting them budget our money. Because time is something you'll never get back. The investment and proper investment of time will bear fruit. But you're not going to get this 24 hours back. So it's very, very important that we use our time wisely. Invest in others. That's important. Invest in the kingdom. More important. And invest in what you know to be healthy for you. Some people will convince you that the decision you make in using your time is better for them. And it might be. But is it better for you? There are so many codependent relationships in the world today. That husbands and wives and friends play off of each other. People who love to be needed often hang around with needy people. And they play off of each other. Well, I get around them because I can meet a need. and It makes me feel good that I met their need. And, and they like it that you met the need. And sometimes you need to break that cycle. The only reason I'm around someone is because they make me feel good. Because I meet their need. I don't preach just because it, you know, it might help a few people. I preach because it's what I'm called to do. I would do this if it didn't help anybody. Because it's what I'm called to do. So I don't need needy people. I want people that want to know their need for Jesus. And I want to talk about how Jesus can meet that need. Because he's the need meter. At the end of the day, I've got to point people to him. If you keep being people's rescuer. And, and please don't take this wrong. People say, well, I don't know how to pray. Can you talk? Because if you talk, you know how to pray. You can cry out to God in southern slang. With an Australian accent. However you want to call out to God. And it's just as good as anybody else's prayer. So uh, I, I remember people saying, you know, I need you to pray for me. And I, I pray for people. Wouldn't it be greater if I used my time teaching people how to pray? And how to pray for themselves. And then we pray for one another. But if you need me at your house. There are times that people have lost that they do need somebody else to pray for them. There are times. I'm not saying that. There aren't. But it's so important for us to learn how to pray. And, and it's so important for us 
to invest that time in a way that whenever we need God, we know how to access Him. We know how to access Him. A noted young concert, and I'll close with this. Uh, a, a noted young concert violinist was asked the secret of her success. Planned neglect, she replied. Then she explained, years ago I discovered that there were many things demanding my time. After washing breakfast dishes, I made my bed, straightened my room, dusted the furniture, and did a host of other chores. I then turned my attention to my violin practice. That system, however, failed to accomplish my desired result. So I realized that I had to reverse things. I deliberately set aside everything else until my practice period ended. That program of planned neglect accounts for my success. Some of us need to learn the practice of planned neglect. What's most important in your life? If you want a great family and you want things to go well, God must be a priority. Time with God should be a priority. I plan to neglect things when it comes to Sundays and worship. I'm going to neglect things and defer and give my time to God. There are things and people that you might say, I'm planning to neglect some of those things which they will feel neglected until you explain here are my priorities, my time priorities. I want us during this season to really take a step back. And, and maybe you're on furlough. My daughter's furloughed. Uh, her company furloughed her. She's not terminated. She's just furloughed. And I asked her, I said, what are you doing with your time? Well, she has two boys, six and eight. And she said, I'm getting to spend more time with my boys. And some other things that they've done during this time that... I believe are productive. Now, it's really not even my business, but, you know, she's sharing this with me. So, if you're frustrated, some people say, I don't have enough money. And that may be true. But I would argue that it may be the improper use of time that's frustrating you more than the lack of funds. You can do a lot of things if you stop and think before you do those things and how they produce value in your life. So, this week... Your homework assignment is to take the next rest of the days, six days of this week, and say, I'm going to spend five minutes with God. Is that too hard? It gets real quiet right now. I'm just asking you that because I want us as a church, when people say, well, you know, we ask our kids if they want to, make a priority of your life to spend time with God. You know, the reality, and I'm going to close with this idea, this thought, is if you get up on Sunday morning, you get ready, and for some of you it may take an hour, some of you five minutes, and some of you that are taking five minutes need to take 25. But if I break this down and say, you know, every week a person who attends church spends simply, let's just say, two hours getting ready, to spend time with God or spending time with God. And many of those people will work 40 to 50 hours a week and think nothing about it. 
but they look at the two hours investing in their own soul and their own self and their own future by spending time with God as an enormous amount of time. I'm not condemning anyone. Please don't feel judged. I'm simply trying to help you as a pastor to realize, is it asking too much to give God a couple of hours a week in church and maybe five minutes a day? Folks, is it important? Because I'm telling you, if we don't spend time with God accessing the mind of Christ, we will miss opportunities and we, we will be misled by a lot of things going on in the world. Use your time wisely. Quit counting the days and start making your days count. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you've given us freedom to worship you, time to worship you. And uh, Lord, we want to use our time wisely. So I pray over everyone watching online, everyone here in the building today, that would walk out of here thinking about the 24 hours we've been given today. And those hours are already running out. We almost are almost halfway through the day. And we'll sleep eight hours tonight. So, God, we pray that you would give us wisdom on how to use our time in ways that will be productive, fruitful in our lives. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we always want to make time for people to accept Christ. And uh, today is no different. I want to pray a prayer with all of you today, those of you watching online, those of you in the house. Just pray a simple prayer. And I want to ask all of you to repeat this with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin, and I declare today you are my Lord and Savior. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, those of you watching online, those of you here as well, please text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. Put your name there if you would, please. We get these messages sent to us when you text, and we pray for you. We're standing with you, believing God with you. Thank you for joining us today, investing time, and spending time with us. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.